what up? It is a special edition of the Pit Stops to Podium Rev Pops podcast with someone you probably heard about before. And if you haven't, you should. Max Cohen. Hey. <laughs> Whoa, What's the background noise. I wish to say that was that was not me. That was that was him. Uh, okay, uh, just a background about 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 the superstar is uh, he has you you started you cut your you started you were at Apple you switched and now you've been at HubSpot for like how long five years yeah just to, five years coming up on it'll be six in December which is insane and yeah. is now a solutions engineer um, I will in in the notes here I'll, I'll put like why you should know him. Uh, he puts lots of content out uh, on LinkedIn uh, using TikTok, but it's link, it's TikTok on LinkedIn uh, mm-hmm. uh, about funny things that people do when experiencing flywheel slash hotspot. So uh, excited to have you here, excited to get your perspective on uh, the big idea today is physics of inbound mm-hmm. uh, and then talk more about that. But before we get started, we have a tradition where we do the three fun facts about our guest. Okay. We've done no practice on this, uh, so That's I have fun. no clue what he's about to give us. Uh, what are three fun facts about Max? Okay, yeah, I'll just I'll tell you a, bit, a little bit about me, like outside of like the whole world of inbound. Um, so I've played competitive paintball my entire life. It kind of like stopped during the pandemic, but like more recently, I was I was coaching teams uh, for a while. So like I travel around playing like paintball tournaments, uh, mostly like regional stuff, but I've gone out to like you know a bunch of like national stuff too. Um, you know, when I have the time to, it's, it's harder with kids. Um, so that's like the big thing I do kind of outside of work. Um, I also run a very, uh, very unsuccessful Facebook live gaming stream where I just play call of duty with my buddies. So if anyone's into that, <laughs> Why I mean, not on that's, Twitch? that's another place you can find me. No, not on Twitch, Facebook, just because, because I want, I don't want people to be able to talk trash about me anonymously. I want to know your full name if you're going to, you know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, no cap is here. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just like, it's hard to, it's hard to grow on Twitch these days. Facebook's it's easier. Um, and then what third thing about me, I have two uh, wonderful daughters, uh, Eliza and Audrey. So I'm hashtag girl, dad energy all the way. Um, they're, they're my life. And, and my oldest one just started preschool this week. So I'm i I'm a wreck. It's crazy. <laughs> did you cry as she left? Oh, oh, did I cry? I was sobbing. I, I, I can't hold myself together. Well, okay. Awesome. Um, she didn't cry at all, which is insane. She was super excited about it. She was all about it. Yep. Blew my mind. <laughs> okay. Oh gosh. Um, okay. Those are things I didn't know. You were, you're a paint, you're a paintball all-star. Uh, you, yeah. I played. I wouldn't call myself an all-star, but <laughs> you're a gaming streamer, not on Twitch, yep. on Facebook Live. That's new in my mm-hmm. mind. And yep. you have two hundred followers. That's awesome. Yeah. So me, okay, as we transition into what the big idea here, the physics of inbound. Mm-hmm. Talk to me. What does that? Yeah. Even mean. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So a little little context here. So when I joined HubSpot, I was not. Uh, any sort of inbound marketing um, uh, scholar, if you will, right? And for me, a lot of like understanding how inbound work, um, I had to like take a lot of stuff and really just kind of put it into like how I understood around about like the way people think and how like I understood the way that I interacted with marketing and and how I perceive messaging and and things like that. 
Um, you know, so it, it's always kind of been my way of just like understanding why certain things work and why certain things don't. Right. So whenever I'm trying to like simplify the concepts um, or best practices or strategies around inbound marketing or inbound sales or anything in between or, or, or you know, even service at that matter. Like I always like to break it down behind the physics of what's actually happening when your business makes certain choices or you deploy strategies in different ways, right? So um, I always describe it as physics. It's probably not physics, but like to me, that's the best way I've been able to wrap my head around it. Okay, so. I can give you an example. Give me, help, help me. I, I'm a, uh, yeah, I'm a new, I'm a new company. I'm like, man, mm-hmm. I need inbound. And you're like, well, hey, let me teach you about the physics of inbound. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like? So like, I love thinking about the physics of inbound when it comes to the whole, you know, thing about content, right? So whenever people talk about creating content, uh, it's always like the, or sorry, whenever anyone talks about like doing all the stuff we do as inbound marketers, creating content seems to be the thing that is like 10,000 pound elephant in the room that no one wants to talk about how hard it actually is, right? Or why you need to do it. You know, we all talk about, well, create content so people will fill out landing pages and 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 they'll give you their contact information. Or it's like, create good content to like tell the story about your brand or like any of these other things. But like, we don't really kind of break down like why creating good content is a, is, is is important, right? So when I think of good content, and this is where we start to get into the physics, like what is good content? Mm-hmm. Um, good content isn't the format in which you deliver it, right? It's not like a really well done high production video. It's not like a very well written blog post. It's not a uh, uh, an ebook with the perfect color scheme and the great images and like, you know, really, really great formatting. It's all about the substance, right? If a piece of content, regardless of its value, or sorry, regardless of its format, doesn't get someone closer to achieving a goal or a challenge, right? After they consume it, whether it's watching it, reading it, listening to it, whatever it is. If it doesn't help them get closer to achieving a goal or a challenge, there's no transfer of value in there. All you've done is create clickbait and clickbait and wasted that person's time, right? Mm. So that's kind of where I think about the physics. That's where it starts, right? Good content helps you do one of those things, either solves a goal or challenge or gets you closer to achieving it, whatever, Right. Now, when we think about that even more upstream, right? Why do we want to focus on goals and challenges? Well, if we think about the physics of why someone uses a search engine, think about any time you've ever used a search engine in your entire life. You had some sort of goal you were trying to achieve or some sort of challenge that was in the way, right? So you used a search engine to find a quick way to get an answer to either of those problems or to progress down that path, whatever it is. Uh, And goals and challenges can be macro or they can be micro, right? Like a smaller example of a goal is I want to get pizza. That's still a goal, right? Uh, I want to see cute puppies. That's still a goal, right? So you always have a goal or a challenge when you're using a search engine. Of course, it gets more complicated than that. But the reason it's so important and when we think about the physics piece of it is if you don't create what people are looking for, they have no reason to find you in the first place, right? That's sort of like the physics of the way I understand it. If all you talk about is your product on your website, the only people that are going to find that are people looking for your product. So you have to think about the other stuff that people are searching for, and they're searching for ways to solve their goals and challenges, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like the way I try to take the whole complex thing about content and make it like a little bit simpler. It's like focus on goals and challenge because that's where the physics of how all this kind of works out 
is kind of like buried. So I hear this idea of physics. So there's this whole science of SEO. And so I would, mm-hmm. if you're talking to someone's SEO, hey, well, you need to, you need to be able to identify the keywords that have the most value. And then we need to do a keyword mapping to make sure you have the architecture done yeah. correctly. And then we need yeah. back, we need to start a backlinking campaign to ensure yeah. that we have the proper domain authority. And then we need to write this content. So I guess I hear what you're sure. saying. And I'm like, yep. I, and, and yep. how, what would your response be yeah, to absolutely. someone saying, that's great. Cool. But yeah. So does a pro skateboarder need to know how to do a kickflip? Yes. yes. Before they do a kickflip, do they need to know how to pump on a skateboard? Yes. Right. I'm not saying don't do the SEO stuff because you should do the SEO stuff. Absolutely. What I'm saying is don't let that be a barrier to you in terms of creating content. I've worked with so many people who are just haven't created content before. They have no blog. Their whole website is just about their product or service, right? And what they do is they're getting analysis paralysis over just starting to blog about, oh, what keywords should I go after? What sort of topics should I do? What sort of this, what sort of that? Because the fact of the matter is, is if you're going to do search engine optimization, what are you going to optimize if you don't have any content, Right. So for me, the whole idea is get really good at creating content first before you go crazy about optimizing it. You can always optimize it down the line, right? But if you're not a business that has built it into your repertoire about creating content or or built creating content as part of like your, your natural marketing mix and it's just something that you do, that is a much bigger quantum shift and a change you have to make in your business than being one that like, goes and optimize stuff and does the work you need to do for SEO, right? Again, you have to have the content to optimize in order to really have it make sense to focus on it. So, All right? so let's pretend physics of inbound. Yep. Good content is important. Good content helps someone get closer to a goal or overcome a challenge. Is there yep. anything else that would help someone create good content in, the tw- in today's world? Like, like right? Yeah. It it's also needs to be relative to like the people reading it today. For sure. Uh, and the audience you have. And, yeah. and, and the question is like, <laughs> I hear this sometimes like, you know, buyer's journey persona is like, it's not as important. They're important, but. But they're dead. So I, I've heard a lot of thought? people say buyer personas are dead. Um, so like, I'll, I'm going to address this real quick. The hill that I'm going to die on is buyer personas are not dead. But I think what happens is many different people have different ideas of what buyer personas are. Right. So. For me, I have a much simpler definition of what a buyer persona is, right? Because for me, whenever I had to ask or tell customers like, oh, you should create a buyer persona, their question was always why. And I had to have a compelling reason behind it, right? So it all starts with, again, the argument we were just making. Creating content is hard, right? Because you have to know what you're going to write about. Well, how do you know what you're going to write about? Well, you got to think about what your customers' goals and challenges are right? A lot of times when I had customers go and build a persona for me, what they came back with is saying, all right, our persona is the decision maker. They went to this type of college. They make this type of income. Here's some other demographic information for them. And their goals is they're looking to buy a solution to fit their needs. And I'm like, okay, so this is a list of demographic information. And then you're telling me their goal is that they need to buy your product, right? Or their challenges are things that you said that's hard to sell to them, right? How does this document you've created with that information actually help you create content? It doesn't. Maybe that demographic information helps you place some ads in the right place. And that's fine. But marketers who are struggling to create content need a 
large wealth of ideas and inspiration, right? So when I think of building buyer personas or when I tell customers or clients or whoever to start by building a buyer persona, it's because I want them to have a document to act as their North Star that answers the question, what content do we create next? Especially if you're a business who's not used to creating content and hasn't built that in. Again, everything that I'm saying here is not for the pro content creators out there that have figured this out, right? This is really down for the folks who are really struggling to get started and wondering what the whole content thing is. Because again, not a lot of people simplify it, right? But a buyer persona should simply just be a list of goals and challenges because that's what helps you figure out what people are searching for online so you can create that content and you always have a North Star to go back to. Yeah, I would, um, I would act, I'm would. i going to add on to this. And yeah. I have a specific opinion on this too. So buyer personas aren't dead. I would rename, I would like almost rename this. I call them, we, when we do this, we call them plays. And cool. you have a, like there are situations people encounter when they need it. So there's a, like uh, we have a play document and it's like, here is the play. Hey, this situation is, situation is someone mm-hmm. just got hired. They're a CRO and they're looking to implement a CRM and, yep. and they're looking to hire a salesperson. So their goal mm-hmm. and challenges, you can be very explicit with it. And so yep. your the play is what you write and how you answer is going to be different. The length you write, how they're going to look at it is all mm-hmm. different. Um, yeah. So I think it's, it's extremely helpful to go through those and create like five or yeah. five, like five plays so you can create content. Yeah. And hey, y'all can call it whatever you want. As long <laughs> as you have something that you can go back to and say, this is, this is what I'm writing about next. And you know, it's going to be relevant content. That's yeah. the, that's, that's the whole point. That's all you need. That's all it is. So we talked about what makes good content um, or what is like the physics of inbound is <laughs> like you break it down, get good content. Um, and if you're answering the, the goals and challenges, SEO, like you, you'll get that, you'll start to implement it. It, it will start to occur. Mm-hmm. Talked about how to select what you're going to write about. Um, well, I, I just want to do like, okay, I, I have this, but what do I write about first? And how do you help people overcome? How do you think about yeah. what's the most important to think about right? And how do you, yeah, how do you navigate that decision? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think the buyer's journey helps us a lot with this, right? And actually, I'm going to say something here that may seem counterintuitive to what I'm going to say. Um, you should honestly make sure all of your bottom of your funnel content on your site is like good to go, right? Before you really dive into your awareness. Because here's the thing. People are going to find your site. And you want to make sure you have compelling bottom of the funnel offers to catch those folks who get on your site, see enough, and want to talk to someone, right? You don't want to forget about those folks, right? So like get that done, but that should be pretty easy, right? That's information about your product. That's like something more compelling than saying, talk to sales, right? Maybe book a consultation or whatever, right? But once you have that in place, you have now this end zone that you can get people to, all right? Mm. Then the question is, how do we talk to the bigger audience that's not ready to buy our product or has no idea our product exists or has no clue that they even have a problem that our product potentially solves for? Okay. So the big thing for me, I used to call it the back front middle approach, right? Where the back is the consider, sorry, is the decision stage. That's your bottom of funnel content. Get that all set. You shouldn't have to spend too much time doing that, right? Then the front, which is the awareness stage, what you want to do is start thinking about the goals and challenges that people have. And this is stuff that has nothing to do with your product, right? You're just thinking about what does success look like for my ideal customer, my buyer persona? What are some things they'd be Googling to get there? This is all based on goals and challenges. And when the awareness stage, people are typically trying to figure out why they're having certain problems that they're having, okay? The other thing you need to know about this too is like, don't let your product or service pigeonhole you into what content you can create, 
All right. Uh, if you think way back before HubSpot had a integration with Instagram, before our product had anything to do with Instagram, we knew that we were trying to attract and build trust with marketers. So we created content in guides and blog posts about how to market your business on Instagram, even though our business or our product didn't have an integration, right? Mm. What your product or service does should not stop you from creating content that is relevant to your ideal customers, all right? So don't, don't, don't feel limited by anything, which is the big thing people get hung up on, right? But what I would say is focus on your top of the funnel traffic first, so you can really start to get a larger amount of folks that have a broader set of goals and challenges on your site. Let them, con let them consume your content. Again, whether it's a video or blogs or whatever, do it all, okay? Um, and start to build trust with them. Just the act of that happening, more people on your site means more people are probably gonna maybe accidentally find their way to the bottom of your funnel, right? Because they get on your site, maybe they see some of the other stuff that you do, kind of connect a problem that they had, and you built a little trust with them because they read some of your content or consumed some of your content that was actually about a goal or challenge that they had, maybe they'll you know, be ready to talk to you. And that's great. But the reason I tell you to really spend a lot of time on the top of the funnel first is because when you think about the middle of funnel content, so your consideration stage content, where you're trying to say, hey, we've helped you figure out what sort of problem you have. Here are a couple different ways to solve it, right? A lot of the times you're doing this you know, through nurturing, right? So like workflows, email, continued engagement on social, like all this other stuff, can, continuing to add value through your content instead of just saying, buy my stuff, right? When you do that, that's where you're gonna be like capturing leads at the top of your funnel or at the, at the you know, from your awareness stage content and thinking about how you're actually nurturing them towards that decision stage or towards making like a buying decision, okay? The reason you wanna have a lot more traffic before you really, really dig into that, at least in my opinion, and again, this is a physics thing, is because you're gonna be able to experiment faster with what works in terms of nurturing people because you have a higher sample size of top of the funnel contacts to do that with. Instead of trying to build a whole bunch of like workflows and nurturing paths and all these other things that you would do in the middle of the funnel, but you don't have any top of the funnel traffic to put it through, right? Because I know you're not going out there and buying contacts. That's a waste of time, all right? And I know it's a hot take. I know some people may be pissed at me for that, but like, honestly, those people don't know they're getting reached out to you by you. So like, of course, they're not going to convert. Whatever, that's a different topic. Man, just bashing out, man. As we have, as we make sense. If we have four, we have four minutes. Cool. Let's bring this down. What does this, what does this look like? Calm down for a second. No, 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 bring it up. But let's like, yeah, yeah. Let's bring this down practically. And I think you had a good example that you mentioned to me earlier when we were prepping for the show. Was okay. This is what this looks like. So, like, it can seem conceptual and it's theoretical and hypothetical, and it can that can lead to more paralysis. But like. What does this look like? Uh, you talked about your HubSpot onboarding experience. Yeah. <laughs> Talk yeah. to me about that. So I love using this as an example. And I, when I was on the learning and development team, I would, I was always use this as an example when I was like, you know, of course, ranting and raving about how important content is. So, um, you know, when I started at HubSpot, we had to do this thing called the new hire project where we had to build a fictitious business, right? And then use HubSpot to like get it off the ground and tell a story about how our business grew with HubSpot. It was super fun, right? Um, one of the things we had to do in there though is write blog posts and optimize web pages. Cause this is back when we were still like really focused on being like a marketing product before we kind of evolved into a CRM and, and, and we're the awesome product that we are today. Um, so my example that I always use is like, when I was writing content for this project, um, again, my 
my previous life, I worked at Apple and I helped businesses deploy technology like iPads, iPhones, you know, uh, Mac computers at scale, right? So my fictitious business was a company called Mobility Bro. And essentially I was just a, an Apple consultant that helped businesses, you know, deploy technology. I knew who my ideal customers were. They were a, a customer that I called IT director Dave, right? Now I didn't do a whole bunch of research on Dave. I just knew questions that Dave was trying to solve for, all right? So what I did is I wrote a blog post about Apple configurator. Let's talk yep. for a second. When you said you didn't think about Dave much, it's like, so this is fake. Uh, you just yep. knew Dave. And how long did you think about the questions, Dave? I mean, like, just like, it was like well, 10 minutes. So here, here is it. So, so I've, I, I know Dave very well because I talked to Dave a whole bunch selling to Dave as a, as a sales rep. So the, 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 the little nugget of advice here is that if you're looking to understand the goals and questions, goals and challenges and questions of your buyer personas, go talk to your salespeople because they understand their challenges like pretty well, right? And you can pull a lot from them. But all I did is I wrote a couple of blog articles, one specifically on this thing called Apple Configurator versus the device enrollment program, which I knew my buyer persona had confusion over when to use either one and what they actually were. Um, I wrote this one blog post. I think the biggest thing I did to promote it was I went onto Reddit and I like shared it in the IT like director community or something like that. And since then, six years later, I still, this page, like this blog post ranks higher if you Google Apple configurator versus DEP, it ranks higher than Apple's own support community on the same subject, right? I don't <laughs> do this to flex on anyone. All I do is I, I use this as an example to say it's, possible to rank in Google if you create the right content for people. You don't mm. have to be an SEO expert because I wasn't. Now, is it that simple? No, but it proves that, you know, you can succeed with good content and I didn't have to do anything crazy for it either, right? Um, again, I'm not diminishing the importance of SEO at all, but what I'm doing is I'm using an example that creating good content is beneficial. <laughs> and, <laughs> I still no, get traffic more, to this day. This was six years ago. Yeah. So your fake website that you wrote a blog for as a fun project um, is is ranking an SEO higher than Apple. And that's a good for, example for this particular thing. Yeah, for, for, the, yeah, for that particular <laughs> stuff. So, so uh, man, this has been good. I, I would say is is if I was, is some takeaways, I have not heard of the back front middle play, creating the end zone before, uh, first, and then focusing on awareness, going into consideration. I think that's, mm -hmm. I think that's, a, that's an extremely helpful. And yeah. then I think uh, like understanding conceptually inbound and the physics we talked about, that is helpful, but that practical experience is just right about Dave mm -hmm. uh, and a goal he has and just do it. Yeah. Uh, and it gets done. Uh, it's not rocket science. If you're asking yourself, should I write this blog post? The answer is probably yes, unless it's inappropriate. <laughs> like, if, if, it, you say, if, if it pops into your head, should I write this? Yes, you should. So just That's how it. my TikToks work. <laughs> I just go, oh, I have an idea. Wait a minute. And then I just, my wife yells at me. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, we didn't get into some interesting topics. Maybe we'll in one day. But yeah. uh, your TikTok origin story and how you, how you did it and how you, uh, and uh, or the great gate debate, or even influencer followers. So if we, as we end, I, I would like to ask this, what are other HubSpot influencers uh, that you would recommend to follow if you were yeah. new HubSpot? Yeah. Um, so obviously you guys are creating some amazing content. So I, like, obviously give these guys a follow. Um, I think another one too, like if you haven't seen George B. Thomas's videos, he is a HubSpot content uh, machine, machine, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, you know, I, I rocket taught me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Me and him are kindred spirits. I love that guy. Um, another one too, um, is going to be Chris Van Prague from Babel quest. His TikToks are literally killing me every single day. Uh, and he's just a fantastic content creator. He does a lot of stuff on like sales video too, uh, but he's over at Babel quest. He's, he's awesome. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a ton of really great creators out there. Also check out sales feed. It's, it's something, um, uh, that the folks over at, at Vimeo, I think, started. Um, or I think it was, um, who, oh man, why is, my, why is my brain blanking on me right now? Um, sales feed, it's, it's a whole bunch of content for like, it's like really funny sales content. So like, go check that out too as well. If you're in sales, you'll, you'll definitely get a kick out of it. And, uh, and it's oh, always- it's Tyler, Tyler from, Tyler from Vidyard did it. I'm pretty uh, sure. Never forget about Kyle Jetson. Uh, hey, oh yeah, and Kyle. Oh my Gosh, God. Yeah, I almost, it's a, I can't <laughs> Yeah. So it's okay. let me I'll let them know. Uh, well, Max, really appreciate the time. Yeah. This was awesome. Let um, me let me just make sure Tyler Lassard, uh marketing. Okay. <laughs> marketing <laughs> over at Vidyard. I feel so bad. Just make sure like him and the stuff that they're doing sales speed is is really cool. So yeah. Cool. Hey. Brother, appreciate the time. Yeah. Uh as always, stay awesome. Keep moving a big. Awesome, man. Adios, Thanks for sir. having me. Later. Sir.